I would consider gymnastics to be the hardest sport out there. And today's guest, Reese McClanagan, is gonna take us through what exactly it takes to become a world-class gymnast. Reese is both the first Irish person to qualify and win his gold medal at the World Championships. He's recently come back from defending his second World Championship. It's devastatingly good. In today's podcast, Reese is gonna take us through the basics of men's gymnastics, showing us how easy he makes it look, and I'm gonna show you how hard it actually is. Let's jump straight into things with a warm-up. Gymnastics is pretty much a sport that requires your whole body to be in shape. And we start with like flexibility work. So sure. like, did, would you start with flexibility work in your workouts? As a warm-up, I, I remember when we did do gymnastics, we'd sit on the floor and mm. you know, you need to use the straddle front split. Yeah. If you need to use those positions, yeah, then you want to work them up. Yeah, so I mean, we start with like a head to stretch essentially. Once we do our pulse raiser and get our the blood flowing around our bodies, yeah. we just like start with the warm-up straight away. So you're pretty much just starting from head down to your toes, like doing your whole body. Okay. Because you're going to be in gymnastics, you're going to be using your entire body for your whole workout. Yeah. Yeah. Quick. So just like start with stretching your neck, even because like even your neck can get some like whiplash on bad landings and whatnot. It's just a a gymnast trying to qualify for the Olympics in the background of the video. Is he? What's your what's your flexibility like at the minute in your legs? Uh, it's okay. It's not it's yeah. not great. It's it's I haven't got full splits right at the moment, but in, on any leg. Uh, no. No. But it's not too bad. Yeah. Whenever I've seen uh, male gymnasts before, yeah. they're like, they're flexible in the areas they need to be. And then apart from that, they're like, no, I'm not going to bother doing it. Yeah, that. true. And I think male gymnasts can get a little bit lazy, especially when they go to senior. Yeah. Um, is, is that when you're like specializing in just the one thing? When, when you go to senior, uh, that's when you're turning 18, essentially. So when you're a younger gymnast, that's when you're much more flexible. Um, but then you get older and you get complacent, I think. Because uh, like when you're younger, flexibility is just like such a key component. And what was the what was the stretching like for the flexibility as a kid? I remember as we talked about George earlier, the, Bul mm. the Bulgarian coach, his attitude was like, you know, like the Taylor's pose, like the butterfly. Yeah. He was like, oh, we just get two kid gymnasts to stand on each leg and then <laughs> just sit there for like five, ten minutes and yeah, and then that's your like stretching done. Yeah, coaches have some interesting theories on how best to stretch gymnasts. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have had like coaches sitting on my back and everything to stretch me. And obviously when you're like an eight year old, it's like a grown man sitting on you to <laughs> stretch your legs. It's like, it feels like really claustrophobic, yeah, yeah. but we just knew that you needed to kind of push through it. It also teaches you how to deal with pain as well. Um, like how to just overcome that. And or the discomfort of, yeah. the, of the stretching itself. Yeah, because like you knew that it wasn't going to injure you, but it was just uncomfortable. So you just needed to like find a way to, to try and deal with that in any way possible. I presume it didn't start with being a coach sat on you. No, it definitely didn't. It's, it does start with obviously just like progressive stretching. And then um, once you're flexible enough, then that's when you might do like the overstretching. So like, say once you're flat in a, in a pike fold, yeah. then you'd have a coach just like pushing you down to get you even more flexible in that position okay. or um, having your legs raised and then the coach is just like sitting on <laughs> your legs there. <laughs> so your legs are kind of like hyperextending a little bit, yeah. but to, to a safe extent. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly, an interesting part about gymnastics is the flexibility because I don't think any other sport really caters to flexibility in that way other than maybe ballet. Yeah, I guess, I guess certainly on the Olympic stage, I don't think there's anything that yeah. sort of, I mean, maybe diving, I guess. Diving, yeah, I guess so, so that they can get into those similar shapes in gymnastics. Uh, 
but I think yeah, gymnastics, and, and it's also like you have the a lot of other sports are very dynamic, but gymnastics has that like static component. Yeah. You need a static well, expression of flexibility. It, yeah, that's it exactly. It, it's gymnastics tests every aspect of your body really. Yeah, and um, you just need to prepare, be prepared for that in any way. So uh, we're doing static stretches now, and kind of just almost. But you're not holding them particularly long. No, not just really. It's, it's more just moving around, just um, getting a feel for how your body feels. So like even there, I just I've done this stretch, and I was like, okay, here in my in my leg is a little bit tight today. Sure. So I would maybe focus a little bit more on stretching that. It's really checking in with your body as well as just warming up your your mm -hmm. stretches. Um, so. But then at the same time, you'd you'd be training um, dynamic flexibility, such as like swinging your legs, like like ballet um, dancers almost. Like we would do some choreography and stuff to kind of strengthen our hip flexors. Yeah. Um, and that would kind of get us prepared for anywhere we need it. Really, it could be one skill requires that dynamic flexibility, and then the next skill requires static flexibility. Yes. Yeah. So it's a wide range. Um, so as a kid, is there any like what are the the positions that your coaches are focused on getting you to improve? It's really, it's so broad. All of the positions are important. So like all of the, all three splits that we need to do. So right leg in front, left leg in front, straddle splits. Mm -hmm. um, and then just even down to wrist flexibility. So if you don't have flexible wrists, then you, your pommel horse is I was going to say, it's more difficult. Because you're not just on the... Yeah. To the leather, which is a lot more challenging on your wrist so just like hitting every single range that you can in each in each stretch is very important and trying to almost identify where your your weaknesses are is, is very important and then a coach will see that and try and, try mm -hmm. and stretch it out if you almost so was your was your stretcher mainly like just holding static it's obviously static positions and stretches using external force i.e somebody yeah pressing onto you, that was the most of it you didn't do that was that was the majority of it we done a lot of pnf the that proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation it's the one it? yeah yeah um so you'd just be like pushing against and then relaxing into it again just like um almost dealing with that uh relaxing into a stretch more yeah. than anything and that was just i think it, it just teaches it mentally to, to deal with things more than actually progressing your stretching as well and that discomfort because i guess like the stretching discomfort is somewhat similar to the training discomfort is different mm. but it's like you know yeah well you could you, you could definitely use those same techniques you're learning when a coach is sitting on your back in another difficult situation even outside of the gym and in life somewhere you know so it's very important in that way how do you do you want to warm up your legs a bit? i want to see your splits oh Chris. i want to see how you are in splits. i will add that i've been i've driven like 600 miles in the past past couple of days <laughs> so yeah just warming up the hamstrings and stuff first we'll just get into it what what's your goals at the minute with what you're doing at the moment i can maybe give you some pointers on <laughs> some gymnastics stuff that might help them um so i had a labrum tear about six months ago on my shoulder mm. so i'm kind of at the point now where i can do most i can do pretty much everything pain-free so i'm really just getting back to being strong again okay i see so i went through the same thing well i got a labrum tear as well yeah how did that happen uh just wear and tear i didn't even know that the labrum was torn really uh, sure. until there was a uh, a cyst that formed from the joint because of the labrum tear and then okay. it, it blocked off nerves in my shoulder oh, so damn. i couldn't i couldn't do this in my shoulder it just literally wouldn't go up and it was right before a competition this happened and um yeah it took me by surprise really so we were 
we were trying to figure out why is my shoulders not working because I didn't have any pain. Because the, the labrum is that joint cushion, yeah, yeah. fluid was leaking out of the joint because of the tear mm -hmm. and then blocking off the nerves. So oh, wow. the best way to fix it was taking out the, the cyst yeah. and then... So you did have surgery in the end? Yeah, re repairing the labrum. So it didn't happen again. Yeah. Did your shoulder feel like significantly better afterwards? Oh yeah, like it works now. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a big key component there. Um, and it's there's still like some issues with it, but not really. There's a, there was always going to be a difference after surgery. Yeah, always. Um, but it kind of adapted pretty well, you know. Yeah, it's interesting that you said you didn't even realize that you had a labrum tear because yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, even people who do like javelin or throwing or pitching for baseball because yeah. you have this extreme range of motion just using over and over again, yeah. which I just imagine probably the same for you in pommel. Yeah, um, rings, I think, rings. is a big is a big Or like lying cross sort of position. Yeah, or even just swinging. When you're swinging with your, you know, could be 10 times your body weight at the bottom of yeah. the swing on or rings. All the inlocates and the dislocates. Yeah, just going and wearing a tear on that. And you didn't even realise or notice that. No, you well, you just have sore shoulders, um, especially when you're doing rings and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> just in pain. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that ended kind of my all-around gymnastics uh, for me. And yeah. I just focused solely on pommels, so that's when I made my switch to being a specialist mm -hmm. um, and it was for the better really. Mm -hmm. um, oh, it's definitely paid off for you now. I know it has indeed so some <laughs> things just work out for the best uh, I guess. Um, right, do you want to give to go? It's not bad so is that your strongest leg? This is I think well I had a tear on this hamstring as well so it's kind of the better leg but also not. doesn't feel too bad it just feels you know, as I said, when you yeah. have an injury, you kind of just, your body becomes a little bit hyper aware yeah, of... Yeah, for sure, for sure. Not feeling so bad. That looks pretty good. The form's nice. Like, uh, a lot of people would uh, uh, quite often, like, turn in their back leg. Yeah. And just oh, so form a go. But keeping that kind of straight line is um, is very helpful just to, to make sure the right muscles are getting stretched. Not too bad. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'd give that to you. It's better than I thought. Yeah, for sure. When, when was the last time you stressed them? Front split, front split training over six months ago. Wow. Yeah. God. Yeah, that's impressive then. But it's good just to, to continue to stretch those. Well, that's the thing. I'm still doing some stretching. Yeah. I'm trying to get stretching. I just don't sit in front split. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. A lot of people are resistant to do static stretching before training because there's a bit of mm. this like, oh, we'll do static stretching and your, your performance will be worse. But like, uh, maybe yes, if you sit and hold it for like yeah. two minutes and you're then gonna do squats, like you don't wanna do front split for uh -huh. a squat, but if you're doing something that requires flexibility, like exactly. gymnastics, you need it. Exactly, and it is important to just um, recognize what you're gonna do in your main workout. So people like to put a blanket over everything, like don't do static stretching before exercise. Yeah, sure. It's like, what exercise are you going yeah. to do? If you're doing gymnastics and you need this static flexibility, then Mm -hmm. you, of course you need to do it before exercise, but yeah, as you say, if you're going to jump into splits and then go on to 150 kilo squat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. then maybe it's not a good idea, but it, it definitely, uh, you need to identify what exercise you're going to be doing before. Or should we start off with your, your best? Yeah, may as well start off with the, the pommel horse. Yeah. So. I was like, I'm pretty sure you've been to the Olympics, but we were trying to figure out and then we looked on your channel and I was like, oh yeah, yeah the Olympics, the tattoo, <laughs> got the Olympic ring. I never counted me becoming an Olympian until I competed. I was the first Irish gymnast to be an Olympic Games finalist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was overall a success. But um, of course, we didn't we didn't plan to fall. But that's just part of the sport. Yeah, it is part of the sport. It's such fine margins, especially on this apparatus. And it's just the I think the the amount of training that goes into just 
what, like one minute? Yeah. 90 exactly. seconds. Crazy right now. That you're doing? It's 46 seconds is the length of my routine. 46 seconds. So it's like a lifetime of, of work uh, since I was six years old to, to perform for 46 seconds. <laughs> Pretty crazy, huh? Um, so you can imagine like just the amount of pressure that's, that's on your shoulders when you're, you're presenting to the judges <laughs> in, a, in a stadium full of thousands of people just to like pull this off one more time. Yeah. It's crazy. And so I guess how do you, how do you prepare for that? Like what's going through your head when you're, when you're stepping up here and you're like, cool, years and years and years of work has gone yeah. into this. So I guess we're in a nice position where we're in a sport that no one else is trying to ruin our plans. So boxing, for example, they're facing an opponent, opponent that's trying to yeah, yeah. make them lose. They're trying to like ruin their day essentially. Whereas for pommel horse and for gymnastics in general, we just need to do our routine one more time, just like we can do in training. It's you against you. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the tough part, part about it is the holding your nerve, like mm -hmm. blocking out the 13,000 people in the crowd and the, the panel of judges that's watching you, the millions watching on TV mm -hmm. and um, just focusing on, on what you do best. Is there any way that you block that out? Is it, is it something that you've just learned to deal with the more competitions yeah. you've done? Yeah, it's, it's, you're always learning. It's always a learning process in that way. Um, but I think switching your mindset to kind of thinking of it like training. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, this, this little square of mats and this palm horse, this is where I feel like most calm in the competition. So outside of that, you're in like unfamiliar territory. You could be in Tokyo, you could be in a different country. It's like you, the you anticipation. Yeah, up to it. your competitors are alongside you. Even in the warm-up hall, it's different. Um, but then when you kind of step into here and present to the judges and walk over and put your hands on the palm horse, that's where like I feel most calm. Because you've, you've done it awesome. so many, so many yeah, times. Yeah, it's, it's the like most familiar part of that competition day is putting my hands on the palm horse and mm -hmm. about to start that routine because this is what I know. Yes. Um, I think it's quite common for sports people of all kinds to have these like weird uh, obsessions or certain things that yeah. has to happen in certain orders. Or Do you have any like weird routines that you go through before or habits mm. for the palm horse itself? Yes, but only the practical ones. Okay. There wouldn't be like any lucky socks involved, <laughs> you know, because I, I would actually see rituals like that as, um, as a weakness because you're relying on something out of your control. You're relying on something that like, really realistically has no play in how well you do on Palmer Horse. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I would go through the, the steps um, that I would do in training, but more to keep it similar to training because I know I can pull off a routine in training. Sure. Yeah. So as much as possible, just like, just need it to be familiar. Yeah. Like I, I convinced myself when I won that last world title, it felt like a training day. It was just another, <laughs> another session here in Origin Gymnastics. I wasn't in Belgium in front of thousands of people. I was, I was here. Uh, I was last up in that final mm. and there were some people that fell, you know, there was an opportunity to take this title home again and I just needed to hold my nerve. And the way I'd done that was just keeping it like training. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, like, I, I think you're understating how hard that is to sort of be able to compartmentalize that, taking yourself out of the situation, yeah. being like, that's just another day. I know for a fact that if that was me, like, I, I guess you've had so much hours of practice, you build up that confidence, but cool. So, pommel. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about the pommel. It began when the Romans wanted to test their soldiers how to mount and dismount a horse okay. with pretty much a fake horse. So that's why it's in this um well it's kind of in a horse shape <laughs> it's evolved into this so these are the pommels so that you, you know if you were to pretend to ride a horse 
it would be like this, and these would be the pommels, but it just obviously evolved into a sport, and people mounted and dismounted it in fancier ways each time until it evolved into the sport it is today. Mm -hmm. It's quite a narrow event, so there's not much room for error. You see a lot of people in pommel horse finals at the Olympic Games maybe just slipping off because there's such small spaces to put your hands, even on these handles. You know, if you're if you're to do skills just on one of the handles, that increases the the difficulty value of the skills. So that's how it kind of ranks in gymnastics in general. Yeah. There's a difficulty score and there's an execution score. So mm -hmm. The execution judges are trying to take deductions off of the routine, yep. maybe because of leg form or um, if you have a fall, that's a full point deduction. But then also you're trying to build up that difficulty as much as possible. So if you're if you're competing and you're setting a routine, is it is it like better to do harder moves with slightly less execution, or is it more about like the most polished you can be? Well, it's a, it's that balance you see. So you want to have a high difficulty, but it's not worthwhile doing that high difficulty if you're falling a lot of the time, if you're inconsistent, or maybe if you're having a deduction on the skill that is actually losing the value of that skill in execution. When you're constructing a routine, it's which is made up of 10 skills, it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle. You're trying to see what works best for you and maybe it, on what part of the routine, because when you come towards the, the end of the routine, your arms are like jelly. Yeah. So you're trying to fit in the skills that maybe you're more consistent on towards the end of the routine. That you can almost do in any situation, even if your arms are fatigued. So, uh, so where's, where, where can we start with the sort of first beginner bits? So you did mention that you you have tried out the, the mushroom. I've done before. I've done some mushroom bits and pieces. I think I managed to maybe get a circle mm. mushroom beforehand. Yeah. And then also uh, there's one where you put your feet in like a bucket or yes. you can then swing around. Yeah, so those are two very basic ways to learn how to circle. I mean, the baseline on pommel is circling. Mm -hmm. So it's just rotating your body around your hands. Um, and that's why it's so enduring on the arms because there's no stopping, there's no regaining your balance or catching your breath even. It's like a domino effect. So say if you hit your leg on the pommel horse, that's stopping your momentum. Mm -hmm. And then just carries on to the next skill until you're eventually falling off. Okay, I see. So you can mess up four or five moves. Exactly. Uh, yeah. just... You can just see you can see it progressing and getting worse for some people, but it is a it's a skill at the same time to you know, pick up the speed and, and regain that uh, very quickly in your head. Um, and it's a, it's a bit of a talent to be able to do that actually. Mm. But um, listen, I'll show, you, I'll show you a very basic um, fundamentals of the pommel horse. So a lot of the time you would start on the two handles because yep. it's just the easiest way to go. And then doing this. Okay. There's a bit of our dynamic flexibility coming into play that we were talking about. Um, and that is mostly for the mount that you might. Yeah, so you do the, then then the leg comes in front, right? Yeah, the leg comes in front. So yeah, you spot on. So then you can come in front. And then you could progress that all the way up to your handstand if you want, you know? So you can just see the progressions of gymnastics right there. It, it made it look so easy as well. We're saying in a, in a podcast we did with Morgan, 
Um, and I said that until you do gymnastics, you don't appreciate yeah. how hard yeah. or how ridiculously talented people are. And I feel like at the start of the competition, I should take one person from the audience yeah. and be like, you're going to have to have a go at all of the apparatus. I want to see how you can do just to put it into context. Uh -huh. Oh, no, I completely agree. And I really don't think of people. I think that's maybe what stops people from watching gymnastics because it's not really relatable. Well, everyone's just so good. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, oh that's another flip or another. Like, yeah, I don't exactly. appreciate actually. Yeah. But I mean, Okay. my guest. So I'm just going legs to the side and swapping. And then just do the basic swings, the pendulum swings that I was talking about. <laughs> so try to get those legs up as high as possible. How much, how much weight is going through the hands? How much am I just trying to lift? I mean, it, it's, it's almost a little bit of momentum. So you're, you're trying to keep that rhythm and momentum going. So I'm, when I was doing it there, you can see I wasn't like using no, no, strength. Wouldn't. I was just kind of going with it. Okay. Um, and that is the key to a lot of gymnastics skills. That's why when you see some of those YouTube videos of bodybuilders trying gymnastics, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, trying to they're, be like too tense. they're trying to be too tense, whereas the gymnasts kind of know the technique to do everything most efficiently. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, give it another okay. go because you, you certainly don't get gymnastics first try. Yeah, not bad. You see, you're starting to get some kind of rhythm there as well. Um, now, can you try the one where one leg is in front and you're kind of just swinging like this? Okay. I feel like that one, if anything, that looks a little bit yeah. less awkward, but maybe that's just me being... No, I, I think it is. Um, so you want to swing, uh, get one leg in front, first of all. So. <laughs> yeah, switch that hand around. There we go. And then you want to get that back leg, so you're left your left leg as high as possible. This high this way? Yeah, yeah. And then what am I doing with the front leg? The front leg can't really go much higher, but this left leg can go as high as you can, really. Yeah. So you want to swing both legs in unison, really. Nice, that's getting better. <laughs> Good stuff. <Oof>. Hard. <laughs> it's For 10 awkward. seconds, that's hard, let alone yeah. doing a, a 46 second routine. Yeah, yeah. It, it's certainly awkward when you're first learning it, but it's just... Um, yeah, the legs momentum really makes a big difference. Like, yeah, yeah. Using the upper body as little as possible mm -hmm. almost becomes like just a... Yeah, so I mean, my, on pommel horse, my arms would be locked out. So you wouldn't, if you see a bent arm on pommel horse, yeah. it normally means somebody's struggling. Okay. Um, so everything should be locked out, and then that means that you're as high above the pommel horse as possible, and there's not as much variable. So your shoulders are, and you know, even around the back of your shoulders are the strong muscles in this case. Mm -hmm. So if you bring in your biceps and triceps into it, there's too much variable, and yes. that's when things and angles can can go off a lot. So you're just trying to make like a nice structure through yeah, the shoulder. Exactly. It's like you're making your base solid. Mm -hmm. And if you make your base, which is your elbows, weak, yeah. then you're going to be going all over the place. For now, I'll show you a circle. So yeah. Fundamentals off a pommel horse routine where you're continuing this. Um, I think I do maybe 38 circles throughout the entire routine. Um, <laughs> and that's just all cons consecutive. So it could be on the leather, it could be on one handle, two handles, in the middle of the horse. Up to handstand and... Up the handstand, yeah, so I mean... So are you still spinning when you're in handstand as well? Is it like a kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's continuing the momentum for sure. So I'll, I'll start off with the circles just so that you get an idea of what these are like. <laughs> I know how, I just, I just know how hard that is because I've just tried this before and I'm like... Yeah. 
So if you're doing 38 in a routine, yeah. like how many could you do just like as conditioning, for example, do you need to be like, yeah. do you need to do like 60, 70? Yeah, I've, got, I've gotten 100 on two handles before. Yeah, <laughs> pretty tight. That's not like two, two minutes of just continuous. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Um, and then it would be common practice to kind of work on our basics, which is doing it in all areas of the horse. So that would be literally doing maybe 25 here, yeah. um, 25 here, 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 and here. Which one's, which one's harder is the handles? I'd say for doing ones in a row, people would either find one handle hardest or in the middle. So you've got to lift the, yourself over these. Yeah, the way I'm rotating my body around there, I now need to rotate it around these two handles. So you're sunken in and you need to keep your hips up and that's a very challenging thing in pommel horse. But once you, you have those basics down, then you can start to progress onto the skills, which is maybe, uh, you know, I'll, I'll demonstrate as well um, what's called a, a Wendy swing. Okay. And this is moving around in circles in front support. <laughs> and. Uh, you know that's just building up so if i do that now on the one handle that's one of the hardest skills on the palm of course sure um I'll, sh I'll show you a little bit on one handle so my legs are hard to balance me a bit but you can see the fine you see how little space there is for my yeah. hands there and i guess for you it's important to keep that speed yeah because that's what helps you mm -hmm. stay up otherwise the so if I, um, you know, even the way my legs were separate in there, that's like a big error. Yeah. So the judges, if I done it in a competition, the judges would be taking deductions <laughs> like mad. Um, but that was just to kind of balance me out. And then of course, it's all finished off with the dismount, mm -hmm. which is going up into that handstand that everybody likes to see so much. So I'll demonstrate that. And it's uh, a little bit different from the rest of the routine because it's not a circle element. You're actually going into a handstand. Right into a handstand. Yeah. So I would normally combi combine the circles and then use the momentum to get in the handstand and then stick the dismount stand off yeah i'd say you could try a dismount so i could give a dismount a go yeah so um what's your dominant hand uh right hand right hand so it's the pirouette that i get a bit confused with but I don't, I don't what like way would you pirouette um if i've done pirouettes on parallel bars before uh -huh. and that way i've gone to the left okay over. so I, i'd say if you were to do this Go up and then just try land. I, I think that'll be a good goal for you. I think I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and when you jump up into like almost a straddle handstand okay. and then come off on your left hand. Nice. Good. Good. So that's um, a C value dismount. A C value? Yep. How many, what other stuff do I have to do before that point? To... Well, you, you need to be able to do a circle do a into circle. it. Okay. Um, and that's the, that's the challenging part. Um, so you'd see a lot of people, especially at the end of a routine, stopping and pressing into yeah. it, whereas it's meant to be a swing up to the handstand. So what's the step up from the C grade going? Uh, I feel like the C grade is parallel. So the D, the D grade is going up into handstand and doing one travel across the horse. <laughs> and then the E grade, which is the highest grade, is, um, well, no, the highest grade for this dismount, yep. is going back. So double. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Two turns. We could try it on this if you want. Might as well give it a go.
Oh. <laughs> there. So yeah. just one hand placement away. Like it, it is as simple as that. that you, do I need a bit more tilt with the legs or something? Is, I, how I do think you, the wider your legs are, the easier it is to balance. Okay, you, do you, strad you straddle I, it? I straddle them, yeah. Okay, cool. So if you keep them straddled. Okay. Looks very nice. <laughs> Go. Oh, and, and you maybe are trying to control it that little bit too much, whereas it should be kind of dynamic steps. Yeah. So even at the top, you're getting your balance there, and it just kind of it increases the risk if you fall over the wrong okay. way. So you just kind of jump up and then step. Okay. Step. And remember, it's only two hand placements, so it's step, step. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. You've got it, like, I did <laughs> another go and then you've got it, I swear. I remember when I first went to the gymnastics gym and we were doing the parallel bar stuff and I spent session after session just trying to learn, how, this when I first did handstands, learning yeah. how to just pirouette on, uh -huh. on uh, parallel bars. That felt like a... It's something I still do in my condition every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's making those mind to muscle connections so that when we, we have those automatic, then when it comes to doing a palm routine in front of thousands of people, it's automatic there as well. You yeah. know? That's just the basics of, of gymnastics. They're never really forgotten, even by like the highest level gymnasts. No, you're still doing the... Still doing... I feel like basics is almost the, the wrong word for it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just, it's just everyone calls it the basics, but I feel like yeah, the basics you automatically assume like it's a beginner thing. True, but I don't think they they should be seen in that way. No. I think they should be seen as very important. They're the foundation. Yeah, maybe that's what this should be called: the foundation of gymnastics, not the basics. Yeah, because yeah, that does imply it's it's for amateurs in gymnastics, but not at all. I still do my handstand holds every single day. I still do my pirouettes on the parallel bars. You know yeah. that that six-year-olds do in gymnastics, I still practice that. Yeah. Um, because it's the foundation. Oh, I'll get one more guy. Yeah, for sure. Speed. Go. Oh, I'm end up on the wrong side. Man. <laughs> right. Well, you got a good go. Yeah. That was a, and it was a good go, for sure. <laughs> Until next time, Palmer Horse. All right, what's, uh, what's next? Next, uh, we could go on to rings. Yeah. Um, one of the most iconic events in gymnastics. Do you ever do any rings training at all? We do, yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of the dips, chins. Yeah, like okay. Basic stuff. Not not so much like routines, which I think is the interesting aspect of gymnastics. It's like you, you go to a gym and your training is just like you just do sets and reps. Yeah. Whereas gymnastics is kind of like combining those. We need to apply it to yeah. a routine of sorts. Yeah, sure. Why do you not compete in rings or... So it was because of the, the shoulder surgery. Um, sure. That really stopped me from doing the all-around event. Rings was my weakest event anyway. What was the reason you, I say, struggled with it? Obviously, it's still very good, but... Um, I think that it's my body type. Longer levers, so like my arms would be longer. Uh, I guess that helps you with the pommel because you got yeah, more so clearance. I've got, yeah, I've got a bit more clearance on pommel. Um, if you see the body types of the ring specialists in the Olympics or in World Championships, They've all got short arms. Like There's T-Rexes. Yeah, their, their, their levers are shorter. So you can imagine, you know, if you're going for the Iron Cross here, mm -hmm. if your arms are this much shorter, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier. But you can't do it with bent arms. Everything needs to be straight arms and yeah. rings. And that's maybe the difference in the conditioning that you do on rings is your dips, it's all bent arm. We'll start with support then, because sure. that's if that's the foundation. It's that the I'm kind basics, of the foundation. Yeah. So if you have a strong support, 
And, you know, a lot of people would straight away go to this position because you're leaning on the straps. But that is the ideal position in gymnastics to hit. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give that a go? Yeah, sure. Tell you what, doing it with wires that are this long as opposed to like... It's too much harder. Yeah, nice. I mean, you just made that look way easier. Yeah, good job. Yeah, just like solid, you can that, tell. that extra bit of black uh, yeah. in it. Uh, it. It makes it so much harder. Because I think most people, if they train, they're just going to hang rings off like a pull-up bar, which might be this high. Yeah, I know. And then you could do a cross all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the longer wires that definitely do make it harder. Um, so as I said, like it's just straight arm positions on rings are the ones that, uh, well, the, the only ones that are allowed, really. Anything bent arms just isn't isn't a thing. But I really just, all, all of the skills. Yeah, all the skills. Even like the handstand pressing, there's no, there's no. So that might be the only one that in rings. So you can do a bent arm press to handstand, but see the thing with deductions is it's quite tricky to do that well. Um, because if your arms touch the straps at all, then it's a deduction. Oh really? Yeah. So um, anything that makes rings easier, the judges are taking deductions for it. Um, so yeah, and I guess gymnasts will know all the little tricks to make things slightly easier. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything that you use from the rings for your own sort of conditioning? Like yeah, for for pommel horses, it's important just to have general strength. So rings condition does help quite a lot with that, um, especially like the the top planche conditioning, and that's a kind of staple skill on rings. Is you know hitting this conditioning like that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, that, that's, that's a move that when I, when I first went to a gymnastics class at uni and I, and I went into the gym, just got into bodyweight training and I was watching like basically GB level gymnasts just mm. chuck straddle punch rings and I was like, that is super cool. Like yeah. I would love to be able to do that. And that was, the, that was always my goal, but I feel like I've been somewhat tainted because I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, I'll be able to do that in a year, maybe a couple of years mm. or something. And I didn't realize that people had been training like 15 years. Yeah to do some of these things it's it's tough enough but i mean it's it is one of the basic skills on rings you know i'm i'm a really <laughs> bad rings worker and that's what i can do really um but then the skills gradually progress to you know i don't straddle there if you put your legs together we're talking about levers that's making the lever even harder yeah. to control um and then lowering down to be in level with the rings that's called the maltese and what's the hold? like how long do you need to hold it in on the rings to two seconds but three to be safe three to be safe all yeah. people generally hold it a, a tiny bit longer yeah so they they used to the judges used to just count how, how long it is but now they've actually got um a wiring system on the rings that it's a almost like a bit of a graph and it can measure how long you're holding for okay. uh, and then they just take deductions from that what would be the basics for you then on on rings for yourself like handstands Handstands on rings. Handstands everywhere in gymnastics. Handstands on rings for sure, yeah. Um, but handstand is the the fundamental for all gymnastics and it's used on every single apparatus. Um, I mean, even the vault, you're hitting a dynamic handstand. You're not necessarily holding a handstand, but you're, you're hitting the vault in an upside down position yeah. on your hands. So you need to have a strong baseline for that. So I'll show you a handstand now. Sure. that's awesome yeah i mean considering like how much i was feeling that wobble just in the support position i have tried hands on rings like a couple of times like 
just off the ground, just just as a go, and it's like yeah. it's so ridiculous. It is very difficult to to get, um, and it takes a lot of it, what feels like awkward conditioning. Mm -hmm. It's like not just it feels like you shouldn't be training these muscles to to go into handstand. It doesn't never feels comfortable mm -hmm. for me to be in a handstand on rings uh, because I'm I'm sure you're now very comfortable just to like relax into a handstand on floor. Sure, yeah. But when it's on rings, it just doesn't feel like you There's no relaxing. You're always fighting for them rings to not go out. Um, so it's... I guess in ha yeah, in handstands, you're always, you're always kind of falling in one direction, but you're just controlling it. But here, you're like also falling and the ground is moving yeah. away from it. Yeah, it's moving this way. You're wanting to turn in all the time. So you're having to fight to turn the rings out. And you're also having to fight to keep them in like that. So it's, it's just like all of your muscle groups working to keep you in that handstand. What would be like the, if you wanted to start learning handstand on rings? I think it would be, first of all, that front support position yeah. that we had, just to get that stability in general. But then also putting that, you know, you could lower these rings to floor level or put a block up there and do uh, like a stoop position. So just kind of getting your, getting your hand like, yeah. just like this. But I mean, on floor it's easy enough, but if you're on rings, it's pretty still, difficult to balance that. Still hard. Yeah. Um, and then also you could even get like an elastic band. Um, just on your hands here to stop the rings from going out um, and then you know my my coaches as well would just like hold my, my hands like this and then gradually just lift their fingers off but it's enough for me to kind of practice that's something that um i've noticed that gymnasts use a lot is this like very very slight amount of spotting yeah oh 100 which you don't really get unless you're in a gymnastics center or you, or you got you need to have somebody who knows how to do it at the right time in the right place yeah and the, the reason for that is because you know you can't decrease the weight so if you're in a fitness gym squat rack and you're trying to improve your form you, you decrease the weight right but you can't decrease your body weight so what you need is somebody to slightly decrease the weight for you and that's the coach's job and that's why there's so much hands-on spotting in gymnastics is to to make sure you're still in that ideal handstand position but you're just getting that little bit of weight taken off. Yeah. Almost like the stabilizers are on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then it's up to the coach to kind of feel that out. So, you know, if we're in a Maltese, the coach will have your, your chest and your legs and then gradually take it off. And it's up to him to kind of dictate when should he completely let go or, um, where, or how much force to give. Is that how you would learn like a majority of your your new moves or your, yeah. when, you're, when you're learning and getting stronger? Yeah, uh, um, I mean, as well as like the strength skills and the taking the force off in that way, there's just the safety aspect of it. When there's big dynamic skills on, on the high bar or the parallel bars, the coach is always there. So that if you miss your hands, <laughs> he's catching you and saving you from a major injury, really. So safety seems to be quite an important aspect. Oh, you. sure, yeah. Trying to avoid being injured. Yeah. Is there anything, so apart from just being, I guess, being careful when you're training, is there anything that you do to help reduce that? I think uh, gymnastics is certainly moving more in the direction of uh, being smart with injuries and uh, consulting strength and conditioning coaches, consulting physios. It's, I think it's come a long way in that aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, but then everything you do in the gym and the gymnastics gym is either contributing to injuries or not. <laughs> so you need to... You need to weigh up those balances. You know, is it worthwhile going for one more dismount? If you're tired and fatigued, will it injure you? It's those kind of thought processes that need to happen. I guess a bit of a balance between like the perfectionist in you mm. 
here's one. I just want to do one more. Yeah, just one more. One more. And I can tell you, especially for rips on your hand, the amount of times I've said, one more go on high bar, and that's when the rip has happened on, <laughs> on the skin of my hand. And it's, it's, it's uncanny every time it happens. You've had a uh, labrum tear in your shoulder. Mm. Has there been any other injuries that's kind of set you back? Yeah, so I've had uh, stress fractures in my wrist uh, just from pommel horse. Um, and I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's any other sport that has that kind of force on your wrist. No, and I think it's, and it's also, it's like, as you mentioned about when you do swings, you, yeah. it's not just your body weight because you've got momentum. It's like 10 times your body yeah, weight is going through. It's the same thing if you're doing uh, tumbling. Mm. And it's that, down, yeah. and it's it's not just like handstand. Wrist injuries are common if people go from doing nothing to yeah. training something every single day. But there's like handstands, and then there's your entire body weight deaccelerating. That's so good. I'm not surprised that. Yeah. Um. So it it does take its toll, but honestly, I, I'm the healthiest I've ever been in yeah. in the sport, and that's great to say as a 24 year old because it's yeah. only the older you get, the more injured you get. But um, that's not the case for me, so that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. and I think that's a testament to me being protective of my body and being injured and learning from my mistakes that I've had. Mm -hmm. um, so and maybe not having that old school mindset of that, just yeah, yeah. just trying harder. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so what's what's like the average age maybe of a of a male gymnast in terms of? I, I think at the world championships there, the average age competing was twenty four point three. Um, okay. So. But, I mean, there's some exceptions. There was uh, a 38-year-old world medalist on Pommel Horse um, at the last World Championships. He came third. Um, and he's the oldest world medalist there's ever been. Um, so there's some exceptions, like that guy. Um, there's some exceptions for younger athletes coming through that are winning world medals at, at like, 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's uh, generally, I'd say, gymnasts stop in their late 30s, or late 20s, um, going into 30s. Sure. They would finish gymnastics. Not that it gives you four years left. You've got plenty yeah. of time. Well, so you've already got, you've been in one Olympics, you're about to go to another. Yep. Two world championships. What do you want to achieve now? Uh, I mean, Olympic, Olympic title is the only one really missing from the collection. I've done Commonwealth Games, European Championships, World Championships. Um, I've got all those titles, so Olympics is the last one to go. And yeah. um, I mean, realistically, the Olympic Games standard doesn't change from World Championships. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I'm, I'm not massively versed in it so i presume it's kind of china usa russia in, in the gymnastic space so the reason i mentioned that is i've heard a few people sort of say how about they might place at commonwealths or something like that and it's like yeah. it's a good but you're missing out a lot of the the, the yeah, bigger players sure, right sure. but worlds includes all of that worlds includes everybody so there's no change in standard um from world championships to olympics the only difference is it comes around every four years and, and i guess the pressure that comes with that yeah, that's it. but um Hopefully we'll we'll be able to hold up. What's your training going to be? What oh, okay. Yeah. On the lead up to it, it's going to be pretty intense. So I'm going to have, I'm having like little light sessions at the minute. Um, and we're kind of taking this approach to gymnastics, enjoying each session. And that's what I am doing. I'm loving training here and uh, just kind of having it light and fun. But come January 1st, that's when the tunnel vision will start and I'll, I'll get the head down and really focus in on, on that Olympic goal. And is that six six months beforehand? Yeah, that'll be six months before. So that's when there'll be no alcohol consumed, no pizza. Um, it'll just be it'll just be tunnel vision for that Olympic gold medal. So there's obviously like quite a bit of sacrifice that goes with that. Um, and I think that's maybe not, not something that people appreciate when they um, see you performing. Like I guess 
how much how much have you had to give up yeah i mean i can tell you now it's completely worth it even with the achievements that i've gotten already yeah you of know, course i'd be happy enough to walk away from the sport now but yeah. i i'm not gonna <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. um it, it's I've, I've reached that level of achievements where i can thankfully say that but it's been a lifetime of sacrifices just relationships lost friendships lost like my entire childhood was revolving around gymnastics being my full-time job on top of my education you know mm -hmm. i was i was going to school uh, leaving school straight away driving to training for four hours every evening um and it was 24 hours plus per week i was training so it was certainly i mean it's, it's basically a full-time job isn't it i had 100 it i think what the criteria is like 18 hours per week is a full-time um okay. employment job so i was doing more than that in the gym um but I was enjoying it at the same time. It wasn't like I was going through hell growing up. It, no. was, it was something I really enjoyed, but it was hard work. When was the point in which you thought, like, I can compete on the, the world stage and mm. represent uh, the country? So I think it was um, the year that I placed third in the British Championships behind the two best palm horse workers in the world, who was Lewis Smith and Max Whitlock. Okay, and, and yourself? And then it was me as a as a fifteen year old standing on the podium beside them, and I was like, okay, I could I could go all the way in this sport. It was like one of those epiphany moments where I realized, like, okay, I'm I'm like nipping at their heels as a fifteen year old. Yeah, yeah. How can I just take this all the way? And two years later, I I beat Max Whitlock, who was the current Olympic champion at the Commonwealth <laughs> Games. So it was a, it comes around quick. That's just the way sport moves is very quickly and. Um, uh, I mean, that belief started two years prior. I mean, I always had visions of going to the Olympic Games, yeah. but I never truly believed it until that time I, I was done. Until you were just behind, the carrot was dangled in front of you, and you're like... <laughs> that was it, that was it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a ride. So was there anything, that, like, after that point, was there anything that made you doubt that you could? A shoulder injury was that year, actually. So um, it was after success at the Commonwealth Games and the European Championships, and then following competition um I, I lost all of that movement in my shoulder and uh it needed repair it needed surgery and that's what we've done so it was a hard journey to kind of come back to that we had to leave the all-around competition in the, in the past yeah uh because our most likely route to qualify to olympic games was through the pommel horse which was in that year that i was recovering from surgery so it was all focused on pommel horse we we went back to the the fundamentals the foundation of pommel horse and like perfected those and uh essentially came back from that shoulder surgery like a new gymnast yeah, yeah. and uh we, we shocked a lot of people with how much progress we made in that comeback because we I was gonna say how long after this after the surgery did it take you to get back to so i had the surgery in november of 2018 and competed again in june 2019 so that's around six months or so, isn't it? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. To be back to competing at a... Yeah, and I, like better than ever as well. Um, and that was just such a um, a key thing to that recovery was uh, we, we all of a sudden had this large amount of time to focus on basics, the foundation of gymnastics, and um, we we perfected that and it showed in my, in my gymnastics. I guess being able to be just more focused on one skill as opposed to being pulled yeah. in lots of different directions. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Um, so we, we got the box ticked, qualified to the Olympic Games and became an Olympian. So we've got uh, we've got floor, we've got parallel bars, we've got the high bar, um, and we've got vault. Let's do floor. Yeah, because I'll look ridiculous. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about what your motivations were for what you do. 
How do you mean what I do in general? Yeah, just um, even for your YouTube and stuff, why did you pick calisthenics to, to kind of focus in on? I mean, you're six foot four, <laughs> and yeah. it, it's not uh, generally... Don't worry, I've, I've cursed myself many times. Like, yeah, when I started learning this, I'm like, uh -huh. my, ar my arm span is like six, eight. Yeah, that's so it's like So it's like, I'm, Iron Cross never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I started doing bodyweight training. Uh, I had glandular fever. One, it's basically like uh, kind of a common thing you get okay. as a teenager. It's a bit like a chronic fatigue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was training a lot in the gym at that time. I lost a lot of strength and weight. And the doctor was like, I'll oh, just go back to training and doing something easy. So I started yeah. doing bodyweight training. Um, and then I, a friend took me along to the gymnastics. So the gymnastics was kind of the inspiration as to yeah. why I got into doing bodyweight training. Um, I did try to do gymnastics when I was there, but like, it was mostly about getting stronger. Yeah, sure. I didn't do a lot of the artistic elements as much as I was told to try. Well, as I said to you, the, the Bulgarian coach kept asking me, he's like, why are you here? Why are you bothering? Like, you're, you're too tall, go do pole vault, go do something else. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, gymnastics was the inspiration. Um, I realized like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay at many things, but I'm not like a, I'm not an athlete. Yeah. So I guess the reason for what I do is like, I'm interested, I enjoy it. I enjoy sharing with people, I think. As you said, like it's, it's such a great way to train, like yeah. such a fun way to train. I think it, gymnastics, especially, even just doing that, like pommel, um, trying to do some twists and that. Like, I do, I've done handstands. I've spent hours and hours doing handstands, and sometimes it can be boring. But when you introduce like a little bit of a, a skill, a technical element yeah. that you've got to try and learn, like it's it's just interesting. It's it fun. It fun. It certainly does. It's and it's like progression as well. It feels like you're always learning something new, and yes. I think that's that's what a lot of people maybe. It, what deters a lot of people from fitness gyms is it's repetitive. There's not really much progression other than adding adding numbers to the barbell. Yeah, you know? I think initially it's exciting. You're like, oh, I'm getting stronger. Yeah. But once you spend a lot of time there, unless you're uh, like very, very narrow focused and you can deal with that like minutia of things, people just get kind of bored and want to go in different directions. Yeah. I think gymnastics has a lot of, there's so many different elements to it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's never ending. Um, and I can tell you as a gymnast that the top of the sport that I'm forever learning in this sport and that's what's just so fun and what, what drives me to come in the gym every day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's interesting to hear your point of view on that for sure. Yeah, I also, the part of the reason I stopped doing the gymnastic sessions is Kind of accessibility as mentioned to you earlier like there was any locally to me any sort of one hour once a week at yeah. awkward times yeah i mean that's the main thing is accessibility at the minute uh especially in ireland as well you know like th this is in my hometown in Nards origin gymnastics and um it's great to have this here now that's but awesome the first time i went to a gymnastics club it was just in my local leisure center and there was like just a couple of benches laid out and yeah, like yeah. one crash mat that you could land on um and it's crazy to see this like state-of-the-art facility just popping up in my hometown yeah it's amazing. um so it, it's it's class to have that and to see the sport just gradually growing more and more yeah and i think the likes of you like helping support that calisthenics training actually brings people into gymnastics gyms especially adults yeah because the number one question i get asked online is you know, is it too late to start gymnastics? I was like, well, is it too late to start exercising? You know, because that I think you can start from the very beginning in gymnastics just as um, a fitness journey, you know? Yeah, I mean, like from when I was doing it at university, I had maybe like four or five hours of access a week, which was amazing. Yeah. So we just, you know, and you could spend a couple of hours messing about, trying to learn new things. Yeah. But yeah, when I went to the the adult the adult sessions they had, there was like yeah you know, forty fifty plus year old people trying to learn flips into the foam pit. Yeah, and that's the thing you you surprise yourself so much. Yeah, yeah. I always say to people like, well, you could learn to do a handstand or a backflip, and they're like, 
what? No, like, I can't learn to do that. And I'm like, yeah, you can. Trust me, go to a gymnastics club. Yeah. When you're a kid, you kind of just naturally do it out on a playground yeah. or, or into a pool or whatever it is. And yeah, as an adult, you sort of, you, well, you realise for one that you can hurt yourself. Yeah. As a kid, you don't realise yeah. until you do hurt yourself. Um, so I think just um, pushing those boundaries as an adult, going to a gymnastics club and learning something new, pushing your body past the limits that you've kind of mentally set yourself yeah. and surprising yourself about gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. But um, yeah, we're, we're on the floor exercise right now. Um, <laughs> this is a giant 14 by 14 meter floor, mm -hmm. thousands of springs underneath it. Yes. So it's actually a very soft carpet. It, it is. It's a lovely carpet, <laughs> really, really primo. And um, it's a lot of people would think maybe it's like a trampoline. It's not so much like that because you need to still give it quite a lot of bounce. You can feel that there's that there's giving it. It almost gives you as much as you give it. Yeah, sort of. And you need to give it a hell of a lot um, to get a result from it. So, like, if you do bounce something down, you kind of feel that there's bounce on it, but you need to like let your body sink into it to get the rewind back. Yes, yeah, you yeah. need to use the springs, um, and it's it's a bit of like a. A learning process to do that because especially when you're younger and you're you're really light as a gymnast you don't actually get much from this you can't make the compression yeah so that's why you would maybe um start on like an air track which is just a, a track full of air and um it gives you a little bit more bounce and gets you used to somersaulting or on, a, on the trampoline as well getting your air awareness and then once you've got that then you can move on to the floor and hopefully give a bit more of a reaction um, and you're used to somersaulting through the air. The air awareness on floor is big mm -hmm. um, and that's why we would actually do a lot of trampoline training um, so it's low impact. Yeah. We would even just like kind of go off our stomachs do triple twists from there um, and you're you're learning the timings in the air because you're not you're not seeing yourself going one two three twists no. you just have to feel it because it's so quick yeah um, so then after you've kind of learned it all on trampoline, you bring it onto the floor and um, yeah, then you have to obviously like hit the landing then and um, try to try to get as much height from this floor as possible. Well, we'll just um, do some bounces okay. on it. Um, and we'll maybe, we'll maybe like start over here and just do bounces. Just try to get as much reaction out of the floor as possible. So if you follow my lead, So try and let your heels actually hit the floor a little bit more yeah. because what you're doing is you're cushioning your your impact downwards with your feet. Whereas if you see me, so I'm still using my feet to push off, yeah. but I'm hitting again with like my, I actually feel it in my back. So that that's again down to the strong. And you're trying to keep this pretty, pretty. Yeah, you're, you, you should even be squeezing your bum yeah. and making yourself as like rigid as possible. So it should be like your heels hitting the ground and then pushing up, hitting the ground, pushing up. And if your arms as well. But I can eat a hairband. Yeah, that's good. So what your arms are actually doing is like driving your body into the ground uh, and like putting as much force downward onto the springs for then to pop you off again. Um, and you know, that's what you even see people doing kind of cartwheel into somersaults. That's what that cartwheel's doing is driving your body into the ground. So it's, um, it's the, well, the flicking of the legs down is yeah, like... it's, it's moving all the momentum into there to then pop you up into a somersault. So obviously cartwheel like that, 
You can do it past me. Okay, I think so. Mine on Locus pretty. Yeah, nice. And then when, I mean, that's just the, the basics again. So then the round off is snapping your feet in like that. So you could just like try to, to face the other way. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, like the more fast you get that. And you're almost bouncing off your hands though. Into yeah, it. bouncing off your hands. So you're, you're literally throwing all of your momentum into your feet. And then that will hopefully pop you up nice and high. Um, that's why we do a run into it, is just to get as much force into those springs as possible to then pop us up into a somersault. So I'll, I'll just show you a round off into a somersault. Just a somersault. <laughs> yeah, so that was a back somersault with a full twist. Um, and that kind of comes from the round off. Even the twist in that skill comes from the round off, continuing that momentum round. Um, Seems that the setup, the sequence of things is very important. As you said. Yeah, certainly. Uh, there would even be people that would prefer to do a backflip into it. So a back handspring, so a round off, back handspring. And then that they, they like that better for double somersaults because um, it squares them up a little bit more. So the round off promotes a twist. The, the backflip promotes upward momentum. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's fun. It really is fun to do floor. It's scary at the same time though. And there's, yeah. um, I don't know if you saw, uh, Simone Biles at the Olympic games when she had a little bit of a, a mental block, um, that air awareness that I was talking about. She just lost herself in the air, and sometimes that does just happen in gymnastics where you've got a certain amount of flips and somersaults and twists to do in the air, and sometimes it just leaves you. Sometimes you just can't get the timing of it, and that's what happened to her in the Olympics. Do you think it's the like almost you do it once and then you, there's a there's a, a doubt, a lack of confidence, and you're trying to think yourself yeah. through it rather than just repeating exactly just to rely on a muscle memory. That that is certainly an aspect of it. Um, I think like the stress of competing as well, maybe had an impact. So it's a, it, can, it can go way deeper into your, into your psychological mindset um, than just getting lost in the air. I think anxiety might promote this as well. Yeah. Uh, I've had it on a simple backflip before. Um, so I, you know, backflip being one of the most basic skills in gymnastics, I was able to do a round off and did quadruple twist, but a simple backflip was just a no-no for my brain. What was it just? The I just stop. So I would do. I would go. I'll show you a round off backflip now. So that backflip, I just couldn't do all of a sudden one time. I guess go for it, and then stop like this, and my brain just wouldn't let me do it. So just show. Did, did something happen with it, or just one day you just? No, I didn't injure myself or anything. It was just all of a sudden gone from my brain. <laughs> And it's, it's crazy how your brain can just do that. And I think it's, is, it's very unique to gymnastics because I can't even think maybe divers would get lost in the air. So that's similarity again. I guess it, as well, it comes back to that, it being a you versus you sport. Yeah. Whereas if, if you're fighting somebody, if you're an opponent against somebody, you're reacting to that other person. So you're not necessarily thinking about what move that you're trying to do. Yeah, whereas... yeah for sure. Um, but it, it's such a, a weird situation. So if you do look at videos of Simone Biles um, getting lost in the air, like, you know, she was meant to do, I think, a, a two and a half twist and vault, and she just opened out in a one and a half twist, didn't know where she was. So it's, it's a crazy thing that a lot of people wouldn't think is a part of gymnastics, but is definitely a part of it. Yeah. And what makes you uh, basically 
great athletes at anything you end up going to do because you just have ridiculous body awareness. You can watch somebody do something and you're like, oh, I understand how my body can make that shape and yeah. how that should feel. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's understanding how your entire body works and understanding how your mind works as well to do things in the most efficient way possible. So uh, I already talked about the non-acrobatic yeah. uh, requirement on floor and you could definitely do the non-acrobatic side of gymnastics. So it, people do this skill um, from that are the best in the world, really. So this is one skill that you can say, I'm doing this same I'm skill. an elite level gymnast. Yeah, I'm doing this same skill as the world silver medalist does on floor. Um, so you're starting like this. And then you're pressing up to handstand. Oh, okay. And then you need to style out of it. Or it could be like a forge roll, like this. Oh, I like, I like the single leg ones. Okay, so I have to be from... On support, and you might burn your toes here. One. Whoa, One. see, see there, yeah. See there, uh, the judges would have been taking deductions there if you didn't <laughs> hold long enough. Okay, see that. I'll, I'll try not to get a deduction on this one. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, for this next one, I want you to imagine you're at the Olympic Games, the pressure's on you, <laughs> the judges are are gazing their eyes upon you. I've done a perfect routine, this is my... Yeah, this is, this is your last non-acrobatic thing to do before your dismount. Okay. Nice. Style it out. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, there you have it. You're going to have a floor routine pieced together in the time. Just need to work on your double somersaults. Yeah. We might, I might give one a go at the end. Yeah. We'll see. Not a double. Well, I'll try it. I want, it's been a long time and I feel like I can, could kind of do it. But again, it's the, it's the fear factor of... Yeah, I know. I know. True. Should we finish with some parallel bars? Yeah, sure. Swinging on P-bars is like the main thing as well. It's, it's, it's a pretty dynamic apparatus at the yeah. top level. Um, every skill kind of separated by handstands. So that's what separates from the likes of pommel horse where there's not stopping in it at all. You can kind of mm -hmm. regain your focus in a handstand. Um, and that's what's quite nice about it. Um, standard on parallel bars at the minute around the world is, is immense. It's so good, world-class. Um, parallel bars where it goes from all around. There's one one Chinese guy who's just the outright best, so um, and it's perfection. Yeah. Um, he's a current Olympic champion, and nobody is really touching him. Uh, so if he's at a competition, it's like who's fighting for the silver medal? <laughs> it's pretty incredible. What makes him is like is it just the polish in which he does things? It, it's perfection. It's like um, you can't get a perfect ten in gymnastics anymore. You can't. No, you can't get it anymore. Um, they just. It, it it is the execution score is out of ten, but they'll just never ever give a perfect ten. Like gymnastics can't be perfect. Even when even when uh you look back at the people who got like the iconic perfect tens back in the day. They're still oh their routines are so messy compared to now. <laughs> <laughs> They're so messy, but that's not taking anything away from them. No, it's interesting. Like obviously like you look at any sport if you look back thirty years and you see how crazy the standard ha has improved and, and got but it's interesting how the scoring 
mm. has also reflected that. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, it's if there's anybody that is going to push anywhere near a perfect ten, it's going to be that Pete Bar guy um, from China, and it's yeah for for even gymnastics judges that are looking really hard to try and find anything that he's doing wrong so it'll be like the most minute things that they deduct from him uh, a lot of people get annoyed because they're like how do you get that much deductions off of this routine it's like perfection i guess the judging should be the same for everyone but it should be yeah is it if somebody is really really perfect are they extra i think it's like um yeah it gets exponentially harder the more perfect you do the routine to get like less deductions if yeah. you get me um so everyone wants to kind of be pushing towards that one marked deduction so you're getting like a nine out of ten in execution but then after that it's like so hard to get further into that nine execution score um but anyway we'll start with pbars sure. learn pbars above the bar first you can obviously do a lot of hanging skills and parallel bars when you're at a higher level but everybody starts really up at the top of the pbars so um, it would literally just be learn basic swings like this, and then, mm -hmm. then once you get those nice and solid, you can see my arms are like locked out. If there's any similar, arms, similar to pommel, right? Yep. If there's any bent arms, there's too much variable, so you're gonna be going forwards and backwards. Then swing the handstands. That pirouette. I like pirouettes. And then this one. <laughs> Man, so easy. Here we go. So. They actually move quite a bit. Yeah, they do. They've got a bit of bounce to them, and it's important that we use that bounce actually. Nice. Even on, on when you're in that back swing, you can see that's uncomfortable for you. Yeah. You're kind of bent. Trying to muscle it out rather than... What you should be doing is like pushing your chest there. So yeah. keeping the tension on the bars. Letting the stretch do its... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like obviously it's the, you got the aspect of falling. Yeah. Which... Yeah, that's good. And again, that just becomes natural uh, when you do hundreds yeah. of numbers of those. Um, it's still my warm-up to this day. I want to go to parallel bars, just doing 10 swing to handstands. The basic, 10 swing to handstands. Yeah, 10 swing to handstands. And then after that, it's 10 pirouettes. And um, yeah, it's, uh, as I say, I'll never forget the foundations that, that keep me on this apparatus. Um, so that's the above bar stuff. So every everything... Above bar kind of has that basic swing integrated into it. So yeah. You might swing up at the front to do a 360 on one arm. Um, you might hop to a half turn. And um, yes, yeah, quite quite tricky, intricate skills above bar. But then you kind of come to the under bar and you might find this interesting. To get grip on the under bar, we actually use syrup on the bars. Okay. The golden syrup. Can you do that in competition? Yep. Yep, so you see, you'll definitely see if you watch any parallel bars final, people put syrup on their hands, running it along the bars, and then you put a layer of chalk over the top of it. There's and extra just, grippy. It adds that grip to it. You'll even feel it. So if you feel here, you'll feel that. I mean, I can see the like sticky. chunks of sticky. Yeah. Sticky. So it, it is that grippiness that, that adds. And you can imagine, so you're swinging around from handstand underneath the bar. You do not want to be 
not trusting your grip. So you want to be trusting that your grip is good and then swing it off and around and do whatever needs to be done generated from the swing under the bar. Um, so the, the underbar skills are just as important really as the above bar stuff. That's a, do you do that on, you do it on pommel as well? Some people do. I don't. Um, I don't because I like to make it as simple as possible when I'm just about to compete. I don't want to be worrying about you know, like chalking up the equipment and stuff. I just want to focus on my job and then adapt when I'm, when I'm there. But there is some people that take syrup on their hands, put it on the leather on the pommel horse and it makes it makes it sticky and makes it awkward but i like that i like i like the fact that your mindset is just like I'm, I'm gonna do what i can control yeah exactly it would just be too stressful in that moment that you get a when the judges are ready for you to present you got 30 seconds and i don't want to be 30 seconds before i can shot up the bars like doing this doing that and then quickly present to the judges and then start my routine i want to just be like in my zone and focus on what i can do and I think it's it's definitely paid off. Um, if there's any appreciation as how hard it is, it's like you know you just make everything just look, and obviously you're elite level gymnast, but yeah, just even me trying to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like I haven't done gymnastics or this sort of skills before, but still like just the the gap between is uh, insurmountable. Yeah. And and it is it's it's rare to find somebody who can do at least one skill that would have value. Today, you actually done that on Clover. Oh, yeah. With the press that <laughs> So, congratulations to you, sir. Thank you for showing us about. No worries, yeah. I think uh, time for a little challenge from us to you. Sweet. Yep. Do you want to do, do the honours? Sure. Here we go. Oh, there's one here, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so we definitely know what your favorite piece of equipment is mm. what do you think is the most overrated or the worst piece of equipment uh probably rings if i'm honest it's like the most iconic gymnastics event but it's it's just painful to do man mm -hmm. like i don't think anybody who does rings in gymnastics really enjoys it it's it's always too grueling and it doesn't feel natural on your body at all what would you say is one of those gymnastics moves that's kind of hyped up a lot but actually is very overrated and quite easy maybe maybe from a athlete's perspective but also from a from a watching perspective as well well the iron cross and rings it's it's actually only a b valued skill which is only the second to the lowest value skill you can really? do the yeah. Iron cross. yeah the iron cross so it's like a relatively easy skill in gymnastics so um you wouldn't just see somebody especially in, a, in an olympic final just doing a cross it'll be like a, a somersault into a cross okay um so it's the more the way you get into the strength skill but just lowering into a cross isn't really that impressive isn't that impressive no <laughs> That's what, that's what I mean. A lot of people in the calisthenics space love like end goals or people that mm. it's like the gymnast, it's the warm up, it's the way they get into the exercise, like the ring muscle up, for yeah. example. So you compete for Ireland. Yes. I presume you could compete for GB. I guess now you've chosen one, you can't go back. Was there a reason that you chose Ireland over GB? Or was it just... Yeah, I mean, so because I'm Northern Irish, I get the option to compete for either GB, Ireland, or both, actually. So it's not that I can't go can't back. Yeah, you can go back. Um, but my option will always be Ireland. You know, Gymnastics Ireland as a governing body were just always there to facilitate me and support me in my gymnastics. So, um, yeah, it's it's more about the, the support system around me. And now, 
obviously I've got the the Irish fan base supporting me, and that's just uh, another level of fan base. Final quick one for you: Do you have any regrets in your gymnastics career? Anything that maybe a competition you you missed out on, or anything that you if you could go back and redo something, what would it be? Yeah, I mean. Uh, of course, anytime I fall in a competition, it's like yeah. I would love to just get back up and restart this routine. But that's just not the way of it. That's not the way of sport in general. That like it just happens like that. Sometimes you mess up, but that's just part of the process of learning. So honestly, I don't think I would change anything. I don't really have any regrets because I know that any mistakes I've had in the past have shaped me into the gymnast I am now and uh, produce the results that I have now, which I'm very happy with. Yeah, I love it. It's a great answer. Everything, everything that's come beforehand is is what's led you yeah. Is what's led you here, so you wouldn't change it. Sauna sauna or ice bath? Ooh, that's hard. I think I enjoy sauna too much. <laughs> I really enjoy saunas, um, but it's always coupled with an ice bath. Yeah, always going yeah. to do both. It makes definitely the second one a little bit more appealing. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there any other techniques that you use for the recovery of your training other than sauna yeah. and ice bath? Just uh, working closely with physios and doctors, making sure my health is the priority. Uh, because if you're injured in sport, you don't really have anything. Yeah. You know, if you're not there, if you're not in it to win it, then um, you know you, you can't really contest for those medals. So making sure that your mind is in check and also your body's in check is a priority for me. Okay. I mean, you've got a strong like mental attitude to it. Do you have like a mental training approach as much as you have like a physical one? Yeah, most certainly. Uh, the mental approach to any sport or life in general is just a constant learning process. Okay. So that's something every day when I wake up is I'm trying to improve on my mentality. So that whether that be just watching like motivational videos on YouTube <laughs> or educating myself on psychology, um, you know that they all help towards my gymnastics. But then, uh, well, the next thing for me is olympic games uh, i've qualified yeah. to olympic games um and then uh, i want to go there and win uh, i want to win the olympics so <laughs> that's um that's an exciting thought i can't wait for the chance yeah honestly just i, I think it's understated just how much of a ridiculous achievement it is yeah to get to any elite level like it's obviously extremely competitive and then the ability to, to, to get to the olympics as well yeah not only once now twice uh, world champion not only once now twice yeah so yeah best of luck to uh you in the uh, paris 2024 yeah can't wait we'll be watching thank you let's do it <laughs> let's go to do you have a, a favorite pre-competition snack Oh, probably just like oats, oats? Gran granola or something. Granola? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a good one. Do you have any secret skills that aren't gymnastics? Um, I can juggle. You can juggle? Yeah, but like only like three balls. Three balls. Yeah. Uh, where's the strangest place that you've worn your medal? <laughs> what? <laughs> like on my body or? <laughs> um, I'm not asking where you hung it from. <laughs> Um, location. I don't know. I'm really not sure. I can't answer that. I don't know where. Do you think there should be anything done to attract more boys uh, to gymnastics? Mm. Normally, not not female sport, but like it's more female yeah. interest. Yeah, in this country, there is more female interest. Worldwide, uh, not so much. Like in Germany, there'll be much more boys in gymnastics. So I think just changing the standard, really, changing the the outlook that this country in particular has that it's a it's a female predominant sport, but I mean, I guess people like me being at the top level of yeah. gymnastics would draw more boys into the sport, so that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, well, I think just seeing it as fitness more than anything, even just participating in gymnastics is just a great way to stay fit and stay active.
and not necessarily becoming the next Olympian, you know? Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. Go. So the question you got, Alan. <laughs> you got the, the full line from the cold. Thanks so much. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too, mate. And uh, yeah, best of luck in Paris. Thank you very much.